The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 339. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Hello, Greg. Go Blue Jackets. Go Blue Jackets. You've, you've switched your allegiance. You're no, now, not at you're, all. But you don't I like the Islanders anymore because they can't make the playoffs. Nope. The Blue Jackets are... Uh... Yeah, I'm forever an Islander fan, but I'm rooting for the Blue Jackets because they're the underdog and they're playing the Penguins, and I hate the Penguins. Yeah, threw away a two goal lead the, yesterday. But the Penguins, why, why do you hate the Penguins? Oh, sorry, no, it's fine. The Penguins have a classic logo, and that's why they should be respected. It's the Penguin with the hockey stick. Like, what else do you need? That's all you need. What is wrong with the, the Islanders logo? Is so much better than that. It is not better than that. Yeah, it is. No, it, it, the third voice you heard, of course, in the ever rotating third chair, is none other than the Reverend Jared Petty. Greetings. How you doing? Uh, glad to be here. Blood okay. pressure's down. It's down. It's down. Is it, uh, you brought. I don't understand the. Ref, okay. You said your blood pressure's down, and you walked in with this tub of nacho cheese. Well, you may remember from last time that I've been eating pretty much nothing but soup for like several weeks, right, and no, that's what almost that's, killed me. I know me. that's okay. not soup. That's nacho no, cheese. This Jared. is nacho cheese. Well, I stopped the soup. I got rid of the soup because uh-huh. it turns out you're right. Soup is bad for you. Sure, and it's and gross. I started eating nothing but nacho cheese in this six pound, ten ounce package. I've just been devouring these every day. And my blood pressure dropped like 40 Bullshit. points. So Bullshit. that's what's happened. And this is the miracle diet right here. Losing weight, losing blood pressure. So you now it's back. all nacho cheese. You're on the medium. What, yep. what kind of brand of nacho cheese oh, this, is this? This is Juanita's, Juanita's nacho cheese. Now, there's an amazing thing about nacho cheese economics I've learned. You know those little like Tostitos things you get and you dump them on the chips? They're like three fifty. Yeah. You can get the six-pound, 10-ounce thing of nacho cheese for like 7 bucks. I remember we had a Halloween party growing up. I used to throw the annual Halloween party. And the first yeah. time we did it, we went to Sam's Club, which is like Costco if you're from some other part of the country. And that's where I discovered that they had these things that's like, the stadium nacho cheese mm-hmm. you want, and I fucking I lost my mind. I was I, so happy. I can't. I actually. It's funny. I'm the exact opposite. I can't. I when I have the nacho cheese myself, I want nothing to do with it. I need someone to put it on the chips for me, and I need to pretend like it's better than the shit you buy in the store for me to eat it at like a ball game. Or you something. have sure. to have someone dress your chips for you. Yeah, like I don't because it grosses me out when I just see it. You know, really? Yeah, really? I don't like it. Oh, see, no. I look at that and I'm like, man, I could go for a Jimmy John sandwich that I just dunk oh, in gosh, it and take a big old bite out of. I just imagine that. I want to tap yeah, this like a maple tree. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> look at think about it this way. Yeah. What if we went over to American Sub Shop mm. to find a subs in San Francisco? This oh, corner second, Brandon. No, no. But we bought 
We buy their uh, Philly cheesesteak, and then we came back and whizzed it the and fuck whiz, up. But that's not really whiz. That's, that's no, this isn't really whiz. This is going to have more substance. To yeah, it, no, it's right? got, yeah, I can see. It's, it's got weird that, that you like whiz more season. than American cheese on your cheesesteaks anyway. But you, do it, the right, but you do it the right way. That yeah. is the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to put that's this up on the uh, shelf back here. Sure, yeah. Okay, you go ahead. I'll give the whole introduction. Wait, wait, wait. I'm hijacking this podcast. Oh, great. Okay, good. Finally. So on on Friday, I tweeted that I was having like a really bad whatever month. Not in a good mood, not yeah. in a good place, no idea why. I sent you the Vince McMahon gif. Yeah, which is better. really is the best. And I, I actually like the text on top of it where it said, like, when you come home and you realize you have a half a, half a sub in your fridge. You, you when you it. come home drunk and you realize you have half a sub. It's I don't part, understand. Every time I want a gif of something and I go and I look for it, I find it. And I find it as just the image. And I copy the link and send it to somebody, but then it puts it up on somebody's Tumblr. I'm going to bite off more than I can chew one day and it's going to be something really racist. And then the, <laughs> the gif I want. It's so good. Uh, I'm sorry. You're having a bad day. Yeah. So I was having a bad day. I'm having like a bad. You know. Uh, well, here. Let me let me rewind, Greg. Sure. A lot of people tell us over the years we've been doing podcast beyond for a long time, right? Yeah. And they tell us, you know, podcast beyond really helps me on my commute, or podcast beyond really helps me get through a bad time, or podcast yeah. beyond, you know, helped me when someone died or when someone, you know, you know, divorces. All these crazy things. We get all these crazy emails about like real real life stuff about our silly stupid podcast, right? Yeah. And I've been, like, in this kind of dark and weird place the last, like, month or so. I don't know why you know, but, like, you know what's going on with me, that I'm in a bad mood. But even you don't know the reasons why, and I don't know the well, reasons why. Well, you don't, why. yeah, okay. And, you know, I, I just tweeted about it because I was like, you know, I'm just, I just need a break. Like, I just need, like, something to just kind of, like, kind of go my way a little bit. And I'm not saying that, like, I don't have a good life or a lot of blessings. But, you know, you're just in one of those dark places, those dark, mysterious places. And what I realized was that we have a great support system around us of the people that listen to this podcast, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. people that listen to Game Over Greggy's show and the people that follow us on Twitter and read IGN and all these kinds of things. And I got an outpouring of support, Greg, the likes of which you've never seen before. So much so that I'm going to read everyone's name that tweeted that me. That sent you something things. nice? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, I like wow. this a lot. That's uh, great. So give me a few minutes here. All right? Because I didn't – I pushed, I the, way, even, I pushed I, the mic away and started drinking my coffee. Because I haven't tweeted anything at all since Friday. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of staying away from it. So I didn't want to answer any, any, you know, anyone individually, but I want. I felt like this might be more meaningful. Sure. These are the following people that supported me and tweeted me nice things and, and get, kind of brought me out of the doldrums a little bit and showed me that, you know, even though we help them, they help us too. Hmm. And here they are: Kyle Desange, Drew Samuto, Brian McHenry, Michael Ladado, Kevin Yank, Joseph G. and Papa. You sh- I'm sorry if I mispronounce any of your names. Yuchiha Madara, Joshua Gonzalez, Cole Henry, Patrick Young. Douglas Heinbaugh, Coco Gio, that's a, that's, a, that's a Twitter name, Jason Shamblin, Rodrigo, Xavier Haneo, Daniel Freitas, Logan Moore, Jonathan Mool, Ian Shamrock, Mike Landis, Patrick Bresendine, Kevin Boccia, James Ross, John Payant, Derek Campbell, Robin, just Robin, Liam Langan, Michael Chance, Anthony Gilroy, Brant Range, Johnny Salas, Randall Matthew Brand. Silva, just Brendan, Rob, and this was my favorite tweet of all of them. Rob sent me this tweet. He said, keep your stick on the ice. I like that one. <laughs> Chris Wan, Piero the Clown, Andrew Street, Todd Youngworth, Caleb Crawdad, Walker FTW, Engaged Family Gaming, Anthony Calderon, Kenneth Entz, James Joy, Alex O'Neill, Co- Cody Richardson, Sal Vasquez, Virgil Davis, Brian, Patrick Sutliff, Corne Who, Adam Avatar, SEB, Connor Bennett, John Ralphio, Trevor Thompson, Reed Schuster, JT, Beto, Adrian Jimenez, Matthew Blakely, Nick Van Alston, Daniel Burke, Zach Jeppe, Ian Joey Arnoff, Casey Lee Kimsey, Garrick Batrup, Nick Lowe, Alex Harbosh, Jamesy Martinson, Michael McLendon, Truth, Robert Zaylor, Neil Devlin, Chad Tillman, John, Charles Donnelly, Jake James Lugo, Corey Wallace, Luke, Luke Mook, 
Hoke. I don't know if that's his real name. <laughs> I doubt it is. <laughs> I don't know if this is the real name either. Slap the Badger. I, I, I kind of hope it is. I hope that's his real name. Derek Dover, yeah. Sebastian Mejia, Murley, Duncan Henney, Juiceman, Chris Berto, Richard Gordon, Casey Andrews, Sugar Bear, EU, Tilo, James Jackson, Justin G, Mario Piaquedo, Quidio. I'm sorry, I'm saying that. No, I'm not saying that. Jefferson Ferguson, Andrew Taylor, Michael Martin, Morgan, James Barker, Chris, Tyler, Ryan Tanner, Jamerson, Niels Thomas, Ed. Night City, Danny Duran, Matthew Billings, Stephen Oz, Sean, Brian Salmontez, Luke Land, Brendan Ryan, Asa Holm, Chris Harvey, Dave, Brandon Duncan, Brian Armstrong, Eric Schneider, Donovan Furstad, Martin Murphy, Mike Moran, Justin, Shea Castle, Patrick Garrity, Gordon Fluger, Elijah Uguma, Jason Andre, wait, Jason Andrade, Christian Farley, J. Bo, Dawson, David Smith, Daniel Van Orman, Oaks, Travis Warren, Patrick Brezendine, Stephen Weissar, Ben, Jeff Swan, Martin Benson, Fred Jackson, Wesley Bray, Kevin Bradley, ja- Zach Tanner, John Horrigan, John Burrows, Michael Dan- uh, Nelson, Tony Hooper. And then finally, people I actually know in person uh-huh. or know personally. Eric Jensen from of Sony course. Ben sent me a nice message. Both Justin and Jason Doss sent me nice messages. Mark Ryan Silly, who works in product here at IGN, sent me a nice message. Little Sin, who works at Apple, used to work here, right. sent me nice messages. Jordan Brown, a friend of mine, sent me a nice message. Mel Kirk Zen from Pinball. Zen sent me a nice message. Nikki Powell, our friend, a longtime mm-hmm. listener. Mm-hmm. Leah Jackson, our new associate editor. Jared Petty. Hey! And, of course, Greg Miller sent me a nice message. Of course. And what I wanted to do that for, even though it took a few minutes, and I'm sorry about that. Don't be sorry for that. Yeah, is that I want to show you guys appreciation, the same kind of appreciation that you've shown us in the past. You've helped me. And those messages helped me a lot. And what was cooler was that no one, not one person said something bad or negative. It was all positive. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. So thank you very much. Thank you. That's yeah. rad. I mean, that's what it's all about. We're the number one – Internet's number one PlayStation podcast, but we've said it a million times before. If you listen to this, you are our friend. You are not a fan, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you for all of your support all the time, whether it be some dumb T-shirt we sell or if it's <laughs> one of us is having a bad day and needs some help. Uh, remember, Podcast Beyond Post is an MP3 every Tuesday. The video follows on Wednesday. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> time for some news. There are – 13 items almost. Holy cow, it's a baker's dozen. Ding, 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 ding. I wish Oof. a baker's dozen was 11 so that a baker's dozen was a baker ripping you off. Why? If you went to be a better. bakery, he actually didn't like you as much as a normal person to give you 11. Why would you want that? That would mean two less donuts. That's see, not okay. See, no, what no, I no, wanted no, no, to do, no. I, I want the baker to be the dick. I wanted oh. it to be that we we need to start a, tr- a special thing here that when it is a baker's dozen, I have some kind of lever to pull and rolls fall from the ceiling. Because that, that would be okay. awesome. I'm a good with that. Yeah. yeah. The problem is they'd be moldy because it's not always, it's rare uh. that we have the exact. Baker's does. Well, maybe we could use like something that doesn't age badly. You know, there, there's got to be like Twinkies or something. Those okay. last for okay. years. Okay. 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 All right. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Number one, PlayStation Four has officially sold over seven million units, continuing its streak as the best-selling console in the history of the industry after six months. Damn. These numbers represent consoles sold to consumers and not shipped numbers. To contrast, Microsoft announced that it has shipped to retailers 5 million Xbox Ones, meaning that they have probably sold around 4.5 million to cons- consumers. However, context is important. Xbox One is the third quickest selling console in industry history behind Nintendo's Wii. In other words, console gaming is very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just a bad time at Microsoft because they're doing really well. but mm-hmm. It doesn't look as yeah, well as it is, or like, as good as it is. I've been looking at the lifetime ship numbers for all these consoles, man. Like, they're... You know, it's it's something like 
I want to say after six months, PS3, 360 came out in 2005, PS3 came out a year later. Mm-hmm. If you take the first six months of each of their time on the market and combine them, and then take the first six months of Xbox One and PS4, these consoles are doing about 60% better. Damn. Yeah. And that's amazing against what's been you know, moderate launch libraries. There's certainly things to play sure. on both sure, of sure, them, sure, but sure. It, it, there hasn't been that must-have thing yet. So I, I'm really, except maybe Resogun, which is so rad. But yeah, it's surprising to see that. I'm happy for that. Why? Yeah. Why is it happening this time? Why is it so successful? What's happening? I don't know. I feel like, you know, I feel like there are many reasons, and I, I'm not sure which one it might be. To me, I feel like there was a malaise at the beginning of the Xbox 360 and PS3 era um, because of two reasons. One, PS2 was selling so well, and it seemed like there was no re- PS2 sold 152 million units. Nothing's ever going to sell that well in the console space. Obviously, handhelds. I think DS actually passed it. Um, but uh, I, so I think people were kind of holding on to the PS2. The PS2. Had the DVD player, had all these things. People didn't feel like they needed these new consoles at the time, and then they kind of snowballed towards the end. And the yeah. other thing is the numbers were spiked because of Wii. Wii was very popular, 100.8 mm-hmm. million units sold, um, extremely popular. So I think that makes it like the third best-selling console of all time behind PS2 and PS1. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an extraordinary number. But the attach rate on Wii was low, and Wii kind of burned a lot of people. There was no games for people to play on it. You know, you had to mm-hmm. wait. You had to be patient for the games that you really mm-hmm. wanted to play. Especially but, late in its lifespan. Right, exactly. They just abandoned it. Um, so I think people were hungry and eager. And I think that a lot of it is a rubber band effect from Wii U sales. And everyone was saying, like, man, console gaming is done. Like, look at the Wii U. And I'm like, no. Like, I think people were waiting for the hardcore media center kind of console with games and entertainment options. And it's new and it's pretty and it, it works well and it's fast and, and, and you nailed it when you said hungry man i mean it had been a long long spell between that generation and this one it's been a long time uh we've had you know console cycles uh were, are getting longer and longer uh, the, the last generation lasted a very long time and i think people were just thirsty for something new they were ready man yeah i, I was I, I wanted to see these things come out i was just thrilled it, you know like when we talked to them about playstation move right and how it works with the vr headset and they talked about playstation move really being gen one right and now they iterate for Gen 2. It's built in your controller. You don't think about it. I kind of see PlayStation 4 as like the Gen 2 PS3. Rather, hey, here's this PS3, and it's going to get online. You're going to download games. It's not going to do any of that really well. And then you jump to PS4, and it's like, we learned from our mistakes. Here's this better machine, right? They talked about it, you know, dropping the cell and doing this and going to devs. I think that's an exciting message that, hey, we've learned from our mistakes. Let's get on board with this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all I'm excited about is that uh, – these numbers, I really doubt PlayStation 4 can sustain these numbers. I think mm-hmm. that we, like, when you look at the 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 arc on the graphs, the Wii is eventually going to pass the PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, P- the Wii had this huge, mo- like, two-year momentum where, like, they just couldn't be found. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the PS4 has that in it. Like, so these numbers are... Are eventually- people still struggling to find them in stores? Is that a thing? So? I, think, I, I think it is somewhere, but you can go online and yeah, buy it. Like, you could never do that yeah, with the Wii. Like, and right. the Wii stuff we've said before, artificial, artificial uh, scarcity and all that kind of stuff, but it worked. And when you saw one, you I, there, I saw two, and I bought like I bought myself one, and then I saw another one like a few months later, and I just bought it. Yeah, right. I walked right. into a Target and saw one, and I was like, I, I felt like I'd encountered Jesus in the parking lot. I was like, this is not possible. And it's it's like, brilliant. It's, it's yeah. a brilliant strategy, and the, the whole blue ocean thing for them was a, an interesting strategy that kind of backfired on them now. But yeah. um, and you should read the, about the blue ocean strategy. It's very very interesting. It's it's not a Nintendo strategy that they made up. They actually no, no. it's a it's a book. Um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I think these numbers will relax. I think I wrote a piece last week that did really well, actually, about PlayStation 4's winning the war. Um, but to not count Xbox out, that I think Xbox's announced games 
uh, Xbox One's announced games, Sunset Overdrive, yeah. Halo 2 Anniversary is largely rumored, I'm sure, real. Uh, you know, they have Project Spark and Quantum Break and all yeah. these games. Their library is actually much stronger than PS4's library uh, later this year and into next year. I'm sure Sony has all these games that we don't know about. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But uh, I would not count them out oh, you know, no, by count- any stretch of the imagination. Microsoft, they're not happy to be behind Sony, but I'm, I'm sure they're very happy to see millions and millions of mm-hmm. consoles sold in, in, in this, right. uh, this cycle already. I don't think they're worried at all. No, I, perce- I, perception is reality yeah, for them. But yeah. You put out a good tweet the other day that, and, you know, I, for, something along the lines of, a hungry enemy is the most dangerous mm-hmm. enemy, right? I mean, E3 is going to be really interesting to see, like, what Microsoft comes out and says at their press conference and what Sony does as well, Look right? what Sony did to Microsoft. Everyone just, like, let's let's not have our memories, like, get mm-hmm. too short. Like, PlayStation 3 was getting destroyed by Xbox 360. Like, it wasn't even close. Yep, and, yep. and the numbers were, like, much worse than this. And Sony, over time, 2009 with Slim, 2010 with the games, Uncharted, you know, all, like, even games like Starhawk and Twisted Metal, like, they were showing their willingness to release these games... And they are going to pass Xbox 360 if they haven't already mm-hmm. in worldwide numbers. Like, that took time. The numbers aren't that staggered here. Um, and, uh, you know, Microsoft's not stupid. You know, like, they have games. They realize too late that their strategy for Xbox One was wrong, and yet mm-hmm. they still sold 5 million units. Colin, uh, one last question for you about this, if you don't mind. How's price going to affect this? Now, you point out again and again that games are cheaper than they've ever been, consoles are cheaper than they've ever been. Uh, but we are in the middle of recession, and Microsoft's console is $100 more than PlayStation 4's. Are we going to see an adjustment to that anytime soon? Yeah, they're going to uh, – my prediction is they will lose Connect and uh, – and I think you will see a connectless Xbox One at when? E3. At E3. At E3. Yeah. Okay, you said at E3, and then I three ninety nine. Like I, I think, Dick. I think yeah. that I think you know Sony did the same thing. Like you know, we broke the story that before PS4 came out, that Sony was going to bundle PlayStation Eye or PlayStation Camera with the PS4, and they were like, we can't because we can't. We have to like undercut Microsoft. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. they were just like, whatever, and they just put it on the side. The same thing's going to happen with Connect. Mm-hmm. The only way to get that that the price down and for them to like at least break even or not lose too much money on every console sold is to get rid of Connect. And if, mm-hmm. if Xbox One is at three ninety nine, that changes everything. Oh yeah. You know? And a hundred dollars is a lot of money. That's that's a game and a half or a game and a PlayStation Plus subscription or you know. 10 digital games groceries for a week yeah Yeah, or things that you need to survive in real life things so they'll they'll change the game I would be shocked if they don't remove Kinect from Xbox One I'm sure it'll still be available if you want it Um, but it's not integral at all or essential at all to that experience what will Rare do with their time I don't know Colin, you mentioned your PS4 editorial Sebastian wrote and said beyond 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 my name is Sebastian Her German pronunciation don't know what that means. And I just wanted to say that your PlayStation 4 editorial was one of the best articles I've read on any subject. I was left satisfied as a reader. And keep up the good work. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, almost 200,000 people read that article. And uh, that's uniques. And uh, I was surprised by that. And I was happy by that. Um, you're surprised that you're a good writer and people are interested in what no, you No, I appreciate that. I'm surprised that, that it did so well. That's an exceptionally high-performing editorial mm-hmm. on IGN. Um, and, uh, no, I think that it, you know, sometimes you just have to connect the dots and, and keep things contextual context like i kept saying is everything like ps4 is doing very well but so is xbox one you're too humble dude you're awesome thank you i appreciate that number two sony's announced that over 20.5 million games have been sold for playstation 4 both retail and via playstation network giving the console rate or the console attach rate hovering around 2.93 um that's up from 2.4 in january so the that's a half a game per console more um pretty good yeah yeah, um, that's going to happen though. Now that the consoles settle again, the, go- the line graph as the consoles settle, the game sales will go up, and those lines will intersect. 
um, and then the attach rate will go up. And Vita's attach rate's, what, 14 or something like that? So You, you know, keep talking about charts. Can we get you, like, a Ross Perot chart for the, for the camera? I fucking love Ross Perot. We have yeah. a whiteboard you have here. No idea how much I loved Ross Perot when I was a kid. <laughs> I absolutely loved him. I was, like, eight years old. There's a surprise. And I was like, this is the, he's the fucking man. Did you have a Perot shirt? <laughs> no, I didn't have a Perot shirt. I didn't have a, uh, I didn't, um, have a, a candidate shirt until Bush. Mm. My mom voted for him, but she was embarrassed to tell people, I remember. Here's the thing about – I don't want to get too into it, but here's the thing about <laughs> Ross Perot is that if he – in 92, he won 19 percent of the vote, which is extraordinary yeah. for a third party. But he dropped out of the race in the summer and then mm-hmm. came back in. And if he stayed, he might have – I think he actually might have won that election. All you needed was like 35 percent of the vote. He had That's a it. shot. Yeah. He had oh. a legit shot yeah, until he was, dropped out. Yeah, it was stupid. It was weird. Yeah. That would have changed everything. Everyone complains about the two parties, but he almost mm-hmm. won. Same with Teddy Roosevelt in 1912. I know you know all about that election. Bull Moose Party! Man, Teddy rode in on this horse and he was just like, what is up? Let's get some steam engines going. And I don't think I like the world wars. (laughs) And we need to look into them. (laughs) Bull Moose Party, Whig Party. Why don't we have cool names like that anymore? Yeah, the Whigs. The Whigs are basically the Republicans. I read something. Well, this is. There's like people that want to bring the Whig Party back, but that's whatever. They're wigging out. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, look what you did. I did it. The Last of Us is getting new DLC called Grounded. Grounded touches on both the single-player campaign and multiplayer components of the game, giving single-player purists an all-new, extremely hard difficulty setting. Oh. And multiplayer gamers, four new maps, eight new skills, and four new weapons. The DLC's release date is still unknown. Apparently, it will come bundled in with the remastered version on PlayStation 4. Interesting. Um, this is what they called their documentary, too. Last oh, of Us Grounded? Grounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Excellent. You should go watch it for free on Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Uh yeah, I'm excited about the difficulty setting. Uh, Eric Monticelli, who's a friend of ours, who's the community manager over at Naughty Dog, wrote a post on PlayStation Blog saying that uh, getting the trophy for beating an Ungrounded might be the hardest trophy you ever get. Ooh. Um, Do you know anything about it? No, but I know that when you play it on what it, whatever uh, crushing is yeah, yeah, yeah. on The Last of Us, that like you lose your ability to see through walls and you take like no damage. And so I can't even imagine like how hard it must be gotcha. on, uh, on on that. So that's exciting. Um, number four. PlayStation 4 was the best-selling console in the United States in March, outselling Xbox One. This is significant because March saw the release of Titanfall on Xbox One, which many expected would help Xbox One easily outsell PS4. I warned against this on Podcast Beyond, but I also expressed surprise that I was right on Twitter. <laughs> it's worth noting that the Titanfall was the best-selling game of the month, however, with infamous Second Son coming in second. South Park The Stick of Truth, which is my game of the year so far, was third. Call of Duty Ghosts was fourth. Dark Souls 2 was fifth. Metal Gear Solid 5, Ground Zeroes was sixth. NBA 2K14 was seventh. Final Fantasy X-10-10-2 HD was eighth, which is huge. Mm-hmm. The Lego Movie Video Game was ninth, and Minecraft was tenth. Now, the, you said that uh, uh, South Park was your game of the year. Oh, uh, by far. So far, Greg, of that list, which game have you South enjoyed Park. the most? South, South Park, Park for both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You? Cool. Probably Dark Souls 2. Okay, yeah. Um, but, Here's yeah. my question. The bigger argument about Titanfall we had on this show was if it was going to sell more on 1 or 360 or how, PC or how that breakdown was. Yeah, we don't know that yet, but I – because P- I wanted to just call it out for the fans. No, that's true. But one, the one version obviously outsold PC because everyone's buying PC in person. It, it, here's a little trick because I don't think a lot of people know this. When you read MPD numbers, uh, in parentheses next to each game are the consoles that they're on, but they're not randomly ordered. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of people don't know this. They're ordered in the in order of best selling to worst selling. So that's why you always see Vita last mm-hmm. or PS3 or Xbox 360 first. Um, so when you see Final Fantasy 10, 10, 2, for instance, it'll say PS3, comma Vita. That means that PS3 outsold Vita, and a lot of people a lot of people don't know that. So, if Titanfall had come out on 360 and one at the same in the same month, which they didn't, so we'll get the numbers later. Then yeah. I assume it still would have said a one comma 360. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We will. All we know is that that's a huge hit. That game's a huge, huge hit, and I wouldn't be surprised if the sequel comes on PS4. Number five. 
Sony has revealed that a significant firmware update for PlayStation 4 is in the pipeline and may be launched as soon as the end of April. Firmware 1.7 brings quite a few feature, important features along with it, including an all-new totally free video editing app called Share Factory, the ability Share to use Factory. external USB storage to grab videos from your PS4 if you want to upload them to places PS4 doesn't support, like YouTube, the ability to switch off HDCP so you can capture video directly from HDMI, and Woo-hoo! preloading, which lets you buy games before they come out, load them early, and Yay! then play them the minute they go on sale. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Preloading, I can't wait for Removal of DRM. Woohoo! That's actually a a substantial update. Um, Yeah, it's a big deal. Nothing I really care about, but uh, I know that I'm in the minority. You don't care about Mm -hmm. preloading? No. Um, I can wait. Unless it's a huge huge game, but we're blessed to get the games early, so so I guess that doesn't affect me like it affects normal people. I'll assume the DRM stripped out. That's great. And I think it's neat, the the, the share editing ability, uh, to see what people do with that. Because, you know, you're working on a... I'm just... Dipping my toe into the world of streaming, which I never saw the point of before, and I've discovered that when you do a stupid game, it's a lot of fun. Right. So I'm kind of interested to see mm-hmm. what else you can uh, do with that. And having the ability to edit out the worst parts very quickly and conveniently, that, that could be a lot of fun for folks. Yeah. Agreed. Number six. Naughty Dog has lost more key personnel in the last week. Longtime art director Nate Wells has left the studio and has gone to Giant Sparrow, the Sony-supported studio that created the Unfinished Swan and is currently working on their second of three PlayStation-exclusive games. Also gone is Todd Stashwick, who was cast as the voice actor and mocap actor for the yet-unnamed villain in Uncharted 4. According to him, he was recast. He's working on Star Wars with Amy Hennig. Mm-hmm. Who used to work there? Yep. At Naughty yeah. Dog. Believe it or not, Colin, lots of questions were sent in to us mm. about this. I figured we'd address most of them. Jason from Colorado starts and says, Hey, Greg, Colin, an ever-rotating third chair. Greetings. Naughty Dog. This is Ben. This week, two more people of the staff have left. How many more people have to leave before Sony decides to address it publicly? Especially a villain character that has been recast. Does this mean that the next Uncharted is a definite 2016 or even 2017 game by now? Thanks and beyond. I don't know. I don't think this game's in good shape. If, if, if I were a betting man... I would say that the game is being redone in some way. Yeah. Todd Stashwick, like, we have to understand that mocap is, not, is what, half of what he does, not only voice acting. So, And he would tweet plenty of pictures of them in right. the studio doing right. all the mocap. So if he's being recast, then they have to do all of that again? It, it seems like, yeah, I mean, an outsider's perspective, right? You get rid of Amy, creative mm-hmm. de- director, and, you get, and Justin leaves on his own. You know, Justin leaves, he's director. So now you have this gap to fill in whoever, and they, you know, there's rumors, they've still never really been clear if Neil and Bruce have stepped up to do it or how this is happening, but it seems like a new team come in and is basically saying, yeah, like, let's make our own story. That's mm-hmm. what it, it really reads and looks yeah. like, right? Like, let's make our own story and do our own tale, and that means, Todd, you're not part of it. And I know people want this to be okay, but th- you know, think, I, think about it in these terms. If you heard somebody was making a movie and two-thirds of the way through... You know, the director, the executive producer, and uh, and a couple of other key people just walk off and are replaced in the middle of it. Yeah. You would be worried. Um, I, I it's I don't want to be alarmist, but something is rotten in the state of Denmark here. And how that will affect the product. They'll release a good product, I think, but it, yeah, it'll I take mean, the time to do I it. I mean, that's the thing. It's still Naughty Dog. It's yeah. still, the, you know, these guys yeah. who make amazing video games. It exactly. just, it really looks like they went back to ground zero right from the thing and let's start again, which does mean that however far along they would have been in this project, right, that now they are back to square one. Yeah. Because we were never thinking it was this year. We always no, talked about 2015. Like, I guess it's not coming out this year. I'm like, you're crazy if you ever thought that that game would come out this year. That they, first of all, they would never have a AAA, their biggest AAA exclusive with six months lead time. They would preview yeah. the shit out of that game. They yeah. would tease it and tease it and tease it and tease it. I think the only reason they even revealed it in December was because everyone. it seems like there are no games. Yeah. I'm sure they regret that in a major way now. 
Um, but you know they couldn't see. You know that also tells you that the trouble started this year, which which is yeah. which is interesting. There's a lot to be told there. I'd like to tell that story um, one day, but you know I don't know the the details of it. I agree with you, Jared. I think that uh, there is plenty of reason to be concerned about Uncharted Four. I think that I my personal before Amy Hennig left, my personal take was that it would be a fall like the fall 2015 game on PS4. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's going to happen. Um, but there are rumors that it's going to be at E3. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I say no way. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know how that's possible. The only thing that could possibly be is that the mocap is done with Stashwick. He obviously has been paid for his services, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they killed, you know, they gave him his kill fee or whatever, and he's gone. And they're just using a new voice. I mean, that could it could easily be as it could be as easy yeah. as that. But I don't think so because that, re, that the performance capture that Naughty Dog is so into is a combination of mocap and vocal yeah. performance. Yeah. That is the idea. Yeah. So they don't have with Uncharted One when they were, you know, when Nolan North was on the stu- in the studio just doing the movements or whatever, and then he had to go into a into a booth and record the voices again and stuff like that's not the idea anymore. That's not the way it goes. That's the same way with Infamous Second Son was recorded in the same way. So um yeah, there's plenty of reason to be concerned. I, I, I would I would kill to be a fly on the wall in that studio. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, I'd love to know I'd love to know this whole story. Like I mean yeah. at best at E three you get a new Uncharted teaser trailer with Nathan Drake's voice and there's no like gameplay nothing like that it's, it's similar to what we saw at the reveal right and it's it's that and then it's a date to shut everybody up and be like this is what's happening this is our official statement without saying our official statement right they always do announce the date early yeah very early uh, but, but I mean like this date's going to be out there I like mean 2016. like 2016 yeah at best at but best right now I think if anybody in this industry can afford to wait they can sure so, you know, they could be fine but this it's, just all goes back yeah. to what Colin was saying like, yeah. I'm sure they're like why the Fuck, dude, we have to say anything. If we had said nothing, <laughs> nobody would know. It wouldn't be, a, oh, Amy left and Justin left? I wonder if they were working on the next yeah. Uncharted. No big deal. Right now, the three names, the only three names ever connected with Uncharted PS4 are gone. Yeah. Gone. That's insane. Jesus. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it tells you a lot of things. It tells, it tells me, like I've said before, like, obviously Amy was removed, right? Like we we know like that what like we don't know how that happened or why that happened right. or who did it or whatever right. I, I mean, like but she like was removed from the project. Mm-hmm. That's her game. Like that's her franchise. She made the game. She wrote the game. She made these characters. She's responsible mm-hmm. for all of it. You know. Um, and then yeah, Justin Richmond leaves. We know Justin Richmond, and he left on his own. But I'm sure he left when you know every, like every shit was going down with Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Nate Wells leaving like is consequential too. I mean, he is the art director of the studio. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm sure he has his hands on a lot of different you know all their different games. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know, and now yeah, Stashwick leaving is just like okay. And like, I hope people don't think we're sitting here boiling the pot. The, this this stuff does mean something. Oh no, people I, think we yeah. are for sure. They yeah. definitely think we're stirring up trouble for no this reason. This is not trouble for no reason, and it's, it's just not. A nor is it idle speculation. I, I agree, but I've I've heard a lot of people throw accusations around the site that that said that Colin's somehow in this to to stir up trouble and generate more clicks about it. No, from the departure of Hennig and the way it happened on, it's been obvious something's wrong. It's not idle speculation. There is a, a easy deductive process. You've expressed it many times. Guys, we, we love this stuff. We want Uncharted to be so good, but we're not going to pretend when something is obviously I mean, it's one of those, it's, you know, the vocal minority that sounds off in the comments of, like, stop yeah. talking about this IGN. But again, the Beyond Mailbag was overflowing with questions about this. Yeah, because cool. it's, it's yeah. reasonable. And, of course, like, we don't have that kind of agenda. People think, you know, like... There's like you know all these all this conjecture out there. Naughty Dog invited me into their studio for four days last year and let me talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like we have you know like, and we we have the history. Naughty Dog Part Five will be up soon, and uh, you know like we so we have a, a good relationship with them. You know like it's 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 like kind of silly to assume that we have like an axe to grind. Obviously we. This we always goes back to yeah. the you know the thing we always talk about right when like oh you guys are so biased towards Sony and da 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 and it's like. 
sure, we know all these people and we work with all these people and we've worked with them for years and for years everything's been great. So it's just been, hey, how is everything great? How is it everything? Now it's like everything's shit. Yeah, you got to call And we still have to keep reporting on it. It's not like I can be like, well, (laughs) I knew Guy X from Naughty Dog, so I can't talk about this. You call it like you see it, right? And and the fascinating thing, if you know Naughty Dog's history, is um, they've only had turnover like this once before and it was in between consoles. Mm -hmm. It was in between PS2 and PS3 when like they hemorrhaged people um, and they were in like a bad state. And I think they're kind of seeing it again. PS4 has not been easy to develop for probably. The Uncharted 4 probably wasn't shaping up the way they wanted it to and all these kinds of things. Um, yeah, we have to call, we have to tell the story. The story, yeah. like Greg said, the story's always been how fucking awesome Naughty Dog is and how amazing, how stable and like they are and how they just yeah. p- output these awesome games and how do they do it? And now the story is, are you still going to do it? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's a reasonable story to have. And it's so, it's, think about this, we talked about this a year ago, how preposterous this would be. That, oh, they'll <laughs> announce Uncharted 4 and then everything will go south. <laughs> everything will go to hell. Now, Colin, I got one to, to call you on here, though. Mm. Okay, you mentioned the history of Naughty Dog. Well, he's about five. to nail you. Okay, Vampire point, strike! I'm pointing my very hungry caterpillar pencil right at you. Yeah. Okay, and, and I want to know. History of Naughty Dog Part 5 at this point has become almost winter is coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No you doubt. are George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, oh, no, for sure. George when, Railroad Martin. I want to hear it now. When are we going to see this? Uh, May. Probably. Okay. May. I, cool. I, I mean, so a lot of people have been saying that, and that's true, because I, so I wrote the first one in September, October. Yeah. Um, these stories obviously don't go away and become less timely, of course, because it's history. It's exactly. Not, it's not oh, oh, yeah. I'm just picking on uh, you because no, it's no, fun. It's just they're extraordinarily hard to write, and like I need to have a like week to do each piece, so like literally off, a week. Jared. Um, no, yeah, no. And yeah. since I'm kind of drowning at every second of my life uh, with work, that it's mm-hmm. hard for me to carve everything. My intentions are always pure. History of Sucker Punch will definitely be after E3, though. Yeah, that'll be after E3. I have all the data yeah. for it. I just need to write but it. But you think we'll see it in May? I assume, I, if I don't have it out in May, okay. it's never going to happen. June 1st, I'm going to tackle you. <laughs> tackle. Yeah. Tackle. Okay. Uh, it's, it'll, be right fi- it'll be fine. It'll be happening in May. This is actually the easiest one to write to. I is don't know like, cool? why. That's awesome. Number seven. The PlayStation Now beta is underway, and there's a lot of interesting information on there that gives us a window into what the service will offer when it launches this summer. Game rentals are available for one day, seven days, or 30 days, which you've already known. New games have also been added to the store. Here are the games that have been recently added. Ben 10, Omniverse 2, Contrast, Eat Them, Fuel, Grid, Heavy Fire, Shattered Spear, Lumines, Supernova, Night in the Dreams, Pixel Junk Racer, Second Lap, Pixel Junk Shooter 2, Puppeteer, Retrograde, and Sniper Elite V2. That's in addition to all the games that we've already known. If you're getting Lumines... Man, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I remember how obsessed you are with Luminous One. Vita came out in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Electronic Symphony, whatever. What was that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Number eight. It looks like The Walking Dead, the game, is coming to PlayStation 4. GameStop listed an unannounced version of the game for PS4 called Walking Dead Game of the Year Edition. It will reportedly come out in mid June and cost $29.99. This is in line with previous Game of the Year editions for the game, which were released across multiple platforms already. This is exciting because will it finally run? <laughs> Will this be the version that shows on a console? Like I, the pass I've always given Telltale, right, is like they make their games for PC and they run fairly well there if they're not eating your save. Yeah. And then they bring them over to 360 and Vita and everything else, and it gets really shitty and like you can't handle the engine. And I understand that that's a hard conversion, horsepower, yada yada. We are now at a place where the PS4 and our, I would imagine Xbox One are running so well as such a PC mm-hmm. can. Almost game of the year from last year. Step up and run okay on this. It, it's practically a PC, like you said. So you know, That's speaking ago, out of my butt about things I know nothing about, it's a it's a basic X sixty four architecture. So yes, I call it. You think yes. it's going to happen? It's going to be okay. It's going to work as well as the PC version does. Yeah. Okay, I sure. guess that makes sense. And Colin. I have no reason to say that except that it, you know 
why not? It's PC. Chewels writes in and says Beyond. 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 I Beyond. was just wondering, why does the Xbox One and PS4 get a pass when they re-release games like Tomb Raider and The Last of Us and The Walking Dead, but the Wii U gets crucified when it did the same with Mass Effect 3 and Arkham City? Thank you for your time. I think the better example of the crucifixion was Wind Waker, not those two yeah. games. But, uh... Really? The people didn't like Wind Waker coming out? No, people would give it shits. Like, it's not even a real Zelda. I, I, I agree oh, in those Wind people need to die. Awesome. Wind Waker's yeah. awful. Oh, those hard. people need to die in a fire. This man I, used to be a reverend. <laughs> okay. The, the, die in a fire if I, you I hate on Wind Waker. I love Wind Waker, too. Yeah. Um, Wind Waker's an amazing game. But, and I've always said that, and I hate this revi- I've said this before. This fucking revisionist history about this game is mm-hmm. unbelievable. But I've never like, seen yeah. anything like it. Everyone hated that game when yep. it came out. Zelda was what everyone called it. C-E-L-D-A. Everywhere for years. Everyone hated it. Now, suddenly, and I love that. I was like, Windmaker's awesome. It's, it's yeah, like yeah. one of my favorite Zelda games. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, blah, blah, blah. Now, suddenly, out of yeah. nowhere, 10 years later, everyone yeah. loves Wind Waker. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I remember, sir. I remember. <laughs> I thought in the foxhole, sir. I remember the Game Facts message boards about that game. I remember yeah. all that stuff. People, the revisionist history is wild, wild about that game. I held viewing yeah. parties in my dorm room. So I, I'm, it, was, it was loved on the University of Missouri campus. I'll have you know. <laughs> um... So, yeah, this is an interesting question, right? Like, we do get excited that, oh, man, Last of Us is coming. Oh, man. For me, I guess it's the fact that Mass Effect 3 and Batman Arkham City were touted as, like, day one releases for the Wii U as this awesome thing, and they didn't have any other games really to back it up, right? Like, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, you know, Infamous and Titanfall, and, like, granted those were after the fact, but they were close enough that you were like, that's awesome. This is why I'm buying it. Whereas with Wii U, it was like, I'm buying it for... Zombie U and the Mar, you know, what I mean, like there was this. Like, I've got disconnect. an alternate theory that, that that's close to that, but I, I think that some of it comes from the fact that Nintendo, especially of all companies, because of their long legacy and the way they design games, is accused of being derivative. I mean, Mario games are still Mario games, and they have been in, since since 1985. They are better and better, or you know, at least they they, they are very good and solid. But Nintendo, in particular recycles ideas and innovates on them. Yeah. Uh, that is their thing. They do that more than Sony does in most cases. They do that more broadly than Microsoft does. They do that more broadly than almost any other developer. And I think by extension, their third-party games get stuck with that because they're appearing on Nintendo platforms. Mm-hmm. I really think that's where the mentality comes from, and that's why the Wii U remakes take so much more crap, even though they're third-party, because people are associating it with Nintendo's tendency to go back to their first-party ideas and create games that are similar to ones that have come before. I really think that's where it the comes from. The big thing, too, is like Nintendo's never known for its third-party support. You buy a Nintendo system for yep. the exclusives, and so then for them to come out, and I remember the Wii U was ne- next-gen. It was the next step for video games. It was more powerful than PS3 and Xbox 360. So to come out and be like, this is the version of Batman Arkham City, which is old that you need to buy. This is the version yeah. of Mass Effect 3, which is old you need to buy. That was the other thing that I think that didn't fit right. Like for, you know, Last mm-hmm. of Us Remastered, it's like, here's this awesome game that you didn't buy back then. They're not making it, at least not yet, and probably not knowing how Sony markets, not make, banging the drum of like, Man, this is the best thing ever, and you've never seen it before. You've never played it. This, you know, what I mean, like this. The, people know Last of yeah. Us. Here's this great game. Go play it. Whereas this was yeah. a bigger deal. And I and I've been a, a pretty, you know, personally been a pretty vocal critic of the re-releases. It was fun for a little while. Like we've always said, God of War collection, Sly yeah. collection, mm-hmm. and then it just got out of control. You know, like everyone was doing it just because we we, we kind of got what we asked for. It's like just re-release it with trophies. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they did it. Uh, but I, I've been a critic of that too on PS4. Um, you know, a lot of these games are available multi-platform. A lot of these games mm-hmm. are older. I didn't play Tomb Raider and all that kind of stuff on PS4 because I don't, I don't care. 
Um, and I agree that The Last of Us is exciting on PS4, but it's not what's needed. It's actually probably mm-hmm. going to sell PS4s because that is one game that people would buy PS3s for and probably why they mm-hmm. didn't want to announce it yet right, um, right, 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 right. because they can still sell these units. Um, and I guess that's a big part of it too, right? Is like Last of Us Remastered is a system seller because Sony knows you didn't buy a PS3. A lot of people mm-hmm. didn't buy PS3s. A lot of people didn't play these games. So now you have this PS4. We have this install base. We're giving it to you. Whereas Wii U is like... We know a lot of you own 360s yeah. and PS3s and had a chance to play Mass Effect and had this, but here it is again. I don't know if that makes sense. It's no, not it, an original it, it, experience it, from a third it party. It does make sense. And I, and I think the one, key, like the one key metric that I think people ignore generally with Nintendo and the waning popularity of Nintendo, um, which is undeniable, is very simple. And and this can be best shown in a graph, but you can just you can just if only we had a whiteboard. Here. But, but I am it, bringing but, you one next but, time uh, I come on. Ignore handhelds for a minute, right? Their handhelds okay. are, are exorbitantly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario Golf. I mean, three three DS isn't as nearly as popular as DS, but it's very popular. Yeah, but Beat how can it be in like, this in this universe? One. I don't think that's Nintendo's fault. I think no, that's no, no, the no. fact that the, the world changed. But there's this there's this interesting thing that like people are surprised and Nintendo's waning in the console space, right? And just look mm-hmm. at the numbers, right? And these are approximate numbers. NES sixty million. Super yeah. Nintendo, 50 million. N64, 30 million. GameCube, 25 million. Mm-hmm. Wii, 100 million. Yeah. Wii U, 6 million. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's this like aberration during the, the Blue Ocean strategy that got the consoles out there, but the whole slant has always been down. You well, know, the slant in sales from... has been down, but the slant in profits hasn't been until... No, no, well, no, it, no. There's one dip. That's a whole and, other chart. And that's yeah. because I think a lot of the profits... GameCube was actually even profitable. Oh, yeah, they made tons million. of money on GameCube. Um, because it's, you know... Not a powerful system, and, and it doesn't use proprietary, you know, yeah. the, proprietary technology that they have to source from everyone. A lot of them gave them shit for not even having DVD, but they would have had to pay what ten dollars exactly. a cube to have a DVD player in there. Um, so these were smart, and also the handheld market: Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color, uh, Game Boy Advance, and then yeah. into the DS like that. Those lines are actually, you know, it's it's if you count the Game Boys together, even the line goes up yeah. from like hundred to one hundred fifty, and then down again to like thirty five. But like, I guess what I'm saying is. Nintendo hasn't been as popular in real terms in the console space as we've always assumed. And the Wii was the aberration that confused everyone. Because mm-hmm. everyone acknowledged and knew this in the GameCube era. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I love I, – GameCube was my fit, my shit. When I it, loved you know, GameCube. I loved GameCube. Um, but it's only sold 25 million units. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not at all impressive. And mm-hmm. that's only – Five million less than the N sixty four sold, which was destroyed by the yeah. PlayStation. You know, well, the N sixty four was fundamentally flawed, but that's a whole other. That's discussion. true. And SNES, yeah. a lot of people forget that SNES was getting beat for a long time, and the only reason that it won against Genesis was because of the late tail of a lot of games that came out for yeah, it. Yeah, Street Fighter two, Donkey Kong Country, Donkey, yeah. yeah, things like that. Like it, there was a lot of support, heavy JRPG support from Square Enix or Squaresoft yeah. at the time that kept the system relevant for a longer period of time than Genesis was. So they're fighting history. I guess is what I'm saying. Like the Wii was the blip. Like the mm-hmm. unusual like thing on, on the radar, Wii U is not going to be anything, mm-hmm. you know, and and, well, and 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 that sucks and that's sad for them, which is why they need to get you know, and I understand there's all these business and hardware realities. They need a beautiful Vita-like handheld, a powerful handheld mm. that can talk to your TV, and that's like whether it's by a dongle or a wire or whatever, and that's their shit. If they if they made like a powerful Nintendo handheld that wasn't a tablet with single touch that looked like a toy. You know, mm-hmm. when everyone uses iPads. That's the game Patty's making. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. True. It's true. Yeah, there, true. there are well, so many ways. Like, to an iPad, you know, yeah. it's like, okay. Like, it didn't look as bad when it came out. They, they didn't give us anything to do with the darn thing. When they, they had a window, they blew it. You know, there, there's 40 ways this discussion can go. But I absolutely agree. You've got a good point there. I don't know how 
a high-end uh, piece of portable hardware that interface with your TV would do. It's an intriguing idea. I'd buy one. I think it would uh, do awesome. I, I, if you, I, I mean, if it was just the yeah. DS, right, and not, and not the DS, but I'm saying if it was just – if you could get the quality experience that you get on your DS on that and then put them – like Mario Golf, how obsessed I am with Mario Golf. If I could yeah. Mario Golf on the big screen, fuck yeah, all right. Yeah. But I, I think the thing did much worse than they expected. I was like, you raised just so many good points there. Um, I Sweet think that, yeah, you had to think about Nintendo's an attach rate oriented company. Again, you talk about you know you're always pointing on attach rate. People buy lots of games for it. With even the Wii U, there haven't been enough to do that mm-hmm. with. But about, but I want to go back for a second to what you said about collections like five minutes ago. Um, I agree with you that there have been an oversaturation of collections, but I do disagree with you a little. I'm glad there are. Not because I'm going to buy them all necessarily, but because they give people that are a few years younger and didn't play those games a chance to play them. History. I am always a fan of preserving that history. So they rely on them too much from a marketing standpoint, but I'm really glad they exist because they're going to give kids that were 8 and are now 13 – a chance to play games they would never have touched when they were eight. So is like that, that another reason you think that Wii U, in quotes uh, from Chewels here, is saying is getting crucified? The fact that does a Mass Effect 3 uh, Batman Armored Edition really matter to the Wii U as much as... Not as it, much as it does to Sony, no. Yeah. I don't think so. So yeah, good point. Really good point, Greg. Yeah, Nintendo's just in a situation where they can't win, right? Like, they're, they're, we always talk about their waning third-party support, but the fact is, is that their third-party support was huge in the NES and SNES era, which we already know. In yeah. fact, it was so big in the NES era that they limited how many games people can publish on their yeah. system every year, but, five. Yeah. And and that's why Ultra came out, uh, which was just a shell company and like all this kind of stuff. But they all pulled that off because they, they had too. third parties by the cojones. Yeah. And the moment these folks could get away, they did. And for a long time, they did not forget that. I mean, Nintendo dug its own grave on that. They made money hand over fist, but they also alienated the people who could have kept them going through the next decade. Read Game Over. That's in there. You know. Yeah. Everyone's asked what that book book about Nintendo was. Game Over. It's the best video game book ever. Um, And they go into that about Nintendo's totally Byzantine fucking system for, like, Buy, they had to buy cartridges from people. They can only like Ultra. A lot of people don't know this. Konami was a company, obviously back then. They were releasing Castlevania, Metal Gear, Contra. They created a shell company called Ultra, which was a publisher, just to release more games because they were not allowed to release more games yeah. under the Konami name. Five a year. Yeah. Um, so that's when you saw Blades of Steel and stuff like that come out under Ultra. Um, I think even Metal Gear actually came out under Ultra. Right? Uh, Metal Gear was an Ultra game. Yeah. So uh, you know, and yeah, and SNES era. Yeah, people didn't forget about that. The cartridge expenses were huge. By the time you got to N64, where your cartridges were really expensive and you can put things on CD and do more. Remember the Final Fantasy VII ads that were basically oh. make fun of N64, make fun of cartridges because, like, you couldn't do this kind of stuff on the N64. Even though the N64 was technically yep. more powerful, you know? Like, uh, it just was a different way of looking at things. And ever since then, except for GameCube had really early third-party support. But yeah. other than that... Um, but again, Nintendo yeah. didn't know what to do with it by that point. They'd been away from it for so long. Yeah, and oh goodness, we could talk about that. We can we talk about this for like two hours because I, I would love sure. to go but, to NBC. Okay, just watch. Go. Make Jose cry. <laughs> make Jose cry when he's like, "What?" <laughs> but but but, but, I, I, but real quick, the, the, just, we'll get back to PlayStation. I promise. <laughs> the 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 nail in the coffin of Wii U, I think, was announcing the delay of the Wii U version of Smash Brothers. Mm. The the fact that they are prioritizing the 3DS version says. Everything you need to know mm-hmm. about how they feel internally about the Wii U. Yeah. Um, and while Wii U is going to sell some more units because of Mario Kart and Smash Brothers yeah. and those games come out in Zelda, oh, Mario it's not like the, not, it's not going to turn around for Wii U. And just keep this number in mind: four million. That's how many copies Skyward Sword sold on Wii yeah. with an attach rate 
of what so that would be an attach rate of like one in six consoles one in five and a half consoles terrible the attach mm-hmm. rate of zelda ocarina of time on n64 one in two 50 yeah. million sold. Damn. right and, That's what and, and those numbers say everything so when people say oh zelda game will save wii u well it only sold four million on 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 wii and guess what game outsold it that came out at the same mm-hmm. time uncharted 3 and no one would have ever ever guessed that that was going to happen no so they, not at that so point so everything in other words that everything's just changing yeah everything's totally. changing number nine that was fun. Number nine. That was fun. I, I, I would talk about N64 all day. I love oh, Nintendo. No. I love talking about Nintendo. They're in my heart forever. Number nine. Sony Computer Entertainment America has trademarked two new game titles, indicating two new PlayStation-exclusive games likely for PS4 or Vita are incoming. Come on, The first game switch. is called Entwined, okay. and the second game is called Kill Strain. Damn it. We literally know nothing else about these games other than the fact that the trademarks are identified as being for game software. Entwined sounds kind of dirty. Yeah, Entwined is interesting. Kill Strain, I hope, is not a gorilla game. <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people have been saying Kill Strain is Siphon Filter. Oh, um, well it's a better name than Siphon Filter. Uh, I think Siphon Filter is a good name but like maybe they're going to reboot it and call it Kill Strain or something. Cuz wasn't know. there the Omega Strain in, in Siphon Filter? Oh. Um, oh. So maybe there there's a there's a connection to that. Colin Moriarty, you see things that other men miss. Entwined, I hope 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 is Gorilla's game and I hope it's the an open world RPG like we've been hoping That'd for. That'd be amazing. Forever. But I don't think they're ready to go on that yet. But these indicate, remember... Somebody's got to be ready to go at E3. <laughs> Somebody's got to be ready to talk <laughs> about something. That's what I was going to say. A lot of people are like, well, you don't know if these are going to be made. First of all, they're trademarked as game software. So they are game yeah. titles, and they will be made. And this is exactly how the order leaked last year right. before E3. Okay. Um, so Great. Yeah. So exciting. Yay, more games. Is. Mm-hmm. N- more IP, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited yeah. about. That's good. Number yeah, 10. The Assassin's Creed franchise has exceeded 73 million units sold, explaining why a new Assassin's Creed game comes out every year without fail. <laughs> Ubisoft also revealed life-to-date sales of the Just Dance franchise, which is at 48 million copies. Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, and Ghost Recon are Ubisoft's third, fourth, and fifth best-selling software titles. Mm-hmm. All Tom Clancy, RIP. Tom Clancy's Just Dance. Now, this is the most exciting news of the week for me. All oh, right. Tales of Hearts R has been Ugh. confirmed for Western release. The PlayStation Vita exclusive JRPG was released in Japan in 2012 and was one of two Tales games on Vita, along with Innocence R, to be released in the East. There's no release date yet, though it'll be out by the end of the year in Australia, Europe, and North America. Games I will buy. There is one. Hell yeah. John writes into beyond at IGN.com just like you can with a Vita-related question. He says, I've noticed there is some games that I prefer on Vita than on other platforms. Spelunky, for example. I get farther and have more fun on the Vita than any other console. Hotline Miami. In more recently, Dead Nation, I prefer on my Vita. The games aren't necessarily better. I just enjoy them more on the system. Do you have any examples of this? And what games not available now do you think you would feel that way about? If a game's available on both Virtual Console on 3DS and on uh, Wii, I'm going to buy it on 3DS probably. I like old Nintendo games. Do you just uh, like having my... them with you? Yeah, I mean, I like not just that, but I, I like the way they look. I'm like, oh, look, they're right up there. I feel like I'm sitting close to my television like I did when I was a kid. Sure. I'm just sitting right up there with it. I enjoy that. He mentioned Spelunky. Spelunky's great. Uh, Tetris, even though I had Tetris for PC before uh, playing the Game Boy version, I just feel wrong if I'm playing Tetris in any other way than in my hands. Sure. Tetris, I have to yeah. play in my hands. Uh most RPGs, frankly, mm. I prefer on handheld. Uh, it's, again, I think it's that I was a PC gamer, and it's that feeling of intimacy where you lean into the monitor or where you're a little kid up close to the TV. I've, it's right there in front of me, and it just feels comforting. Yeah. So if there's a handheld version of a game, I'll probably play it there and not on my TV, even though I still play a lot of games on my TV. Recently, this happened to me with Guacamelee. When we got Guacamelee, mm. I played it primarily only on the Vita. And then I was like, oh, I'm finally home for the weekend. I put it on the TV. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. It, 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 oh, it's really? beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just like... 
It, I was so used to doing it one way that I couldn't switch over. Also, Sly Cooper. I like Sly Cooper Thieves in Times oh, way cool. more. Yeah, on I, PS4, on I PS4. know you felt that way. I disagree about both those games. I know All Stars too. All Stars was not as good on Vita. No, I agree well, with that. All Stars um, just wasn't good. But no oh, bullshit. Get out of here. All Stars is a bad game. It no, is it's not, not bad All-Star game. Is a bad game. Bad no, video it's game. not. You're crazy. It's a great game. In what way was it a bad game? It's an unfun fighting game, and that's hard to do. Unfun. How much fun do we have? We had a we had a lot of fun. Well, yeah, but you guys are Cretans. I mean, come on. Oh my god, or croutons or something like that. Go eat your nacho cheese. No, it's a game. Oh, look, my back's open. Oh, I'm going to die. Look, I'm building up. Oh, look, I built up to a thing. Oh, I'm dead. Just talks like a bitch who never learned how to play. Oh, I hate that game. I was so disappointed. It looked so good and it was so awful. It was good. It was, it no was awesome. It is it hard to screw up a fighting game. There are, there are lots of examples of the way to do it right. And they're like, I love that they tried new things, but they failed terribly. No, you're wrong. Spike so. was the fucking beast mode. <laughs> get you get Sweet Tooth out there, drop some mines. Greg oh. was the cheapest motherfucker, man. Was he? Yeah. But they always uh. say about cheapness in video games. Mark Ryan used to say this to me because we used to play Street Fighter 2 all the time yeah. together. And I was pretty good at Street Fighter until I met Mark Ryan, and he just fucking <laughs> destroyed my will to ever play the game again. Uh, he's like, there's no such thing as cheap in video games. He's like, if you can get you can get out of anything that I do to you. Like, you just throw a – or like, you know, sag it, like throwing, you know, like, tiger, 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 like over and over again. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you can get out of it. Yeah, there's a way around it. You know? Like, like, <laughs> Mark Ryan told me – is this correct that he beat you at Marvel versus Capcom 3 100 out of 100 games? Yeah, it's not a live stream. MVC2, yeah, but yeah. Well, oh, MVC2. It was, it was, okay. was live stream, yeah, 100 out of 100 times, and I could pick his, his party. That's unreal. Yeah, so I'd wow. make him play with, like, roll and serve bot <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, BB Hood or something like that. Uh, and he, he's, he's, he's he's a beast yeah. at yeah. that game. Oh, watching him advance, I got him a couple times almost. Though I was oh, and the deal was that if he, the deal was that if he uh, lost. if he lost that I he would resign his job, that I would become like the manager of that, and then I would hire him back as, in my position. That's amazing! Wow, hey, the way uh, he tells it, you were never close. So that's interesting. No, he's okay. lying about okay. that. Right. I was close a couple of times. Like right. I, w- I, w- I, w- I had him down to like one character, like half health. Okay. You've played Dead Nation. You reviewed all the both versions for PS4 and Vita. Yeah. What do you? How does it go to Vita? Not well. Um, well, it's fine on Vita. It's good on Vita, but it's yeah. not nearly as good on Vita as it is on PS4 and PS3. Mm. Uh, I gave it a seven point five. Yeah. On uh, on Vita, it's it's actually mo- like people are like saying like you know there's a little bit of slowdown graphical fidelity's not as high. That, that stuff doesn't really bother me. The 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 thing that bothered me on Vita was the control nubs are smaller, so. Rolling your thumb on the th- on the nubs in a twin six shooter is just inherently harder. You have right. to like get okay. Really, that's like the dirtiest sentence you've yeah. ever said. <laughs> Rolling your thumbs, on the roll nubs. my thumbs on the nubs <laughs> makes it harder. It's harder. Yeah, please uh, stop now. And uh, yeah, so that the, it was the control issues that were a problem. But some people tweeted at me and re- you know left me messages and reviews saying that they actually found it easier on Vita. So interesting. Teachers on, and I also acknowledge that Stardust I think is better on Vita and the controls the exact same way. So it's one of those things. Being able to see the screen makes it makes those twitchy games better, right? Yeah. Like when I went to a smaller when I was playing Titanfall with Alfredo and I'm playing in the capture bays on a smaller TV, I was better there than when I got home and I was on the big screen in the living room. Because you have to like look around. Yeah. So exactly. Stardust was the same way. Like yeah. It, it yeah. was when I got I had like a smaller TV in my room and I'd play Stardust on it, and then I got a huge TV and I like could not play the game anymore. Yeah. I was like I can't play I can't play this. My shooters are good right up there. I if in a universe where something I wish would never happen would happen, Radiant Silver Gun would be on Vita and mm. I would never mm. play anything mm. else ever again. Mm. That always looks so That's good. Bold. It's not going to happen, though. No one would buy it. Number 12. Number 12. Release dates. 
Dragon Age Inquisition will launch on October 7th in North America and October 10th in Europe and will be available on PS3 and PS4. As Trailer's well as hot. Xbox 360, Xbox One, and PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trailer's cool. Tales of Exilia 2 will come exclusively to PlayStation 3 on August 22nd. Can't fucking wait. <laughs> and you know what I can't fucking wait even more for? Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair launches on September 2nd. The Sky of 4, a promise revealed, comes to Vita on August 12th. And Fairy Fencer F comes to PS3 on September 23rd. Finally, a retail version of Minecraft on PS3 will be found starting on May 16th. Your thoughts on Dragon Age expectations? What do you think? I have none. You have I hated none? the first Dragon Age. Oh. I never played the second one. So, okay. yeah. I'll play it, but I have no expectations. Greg? What? Do you have any thoughts on that? No. no, not your thing? No. So Dragon Age 1, wonderful. Dragon Age 2, drop the ball. Dragon Age 3, I think Bioware smart enough to realize why they dropped the ball. How can Dragon Age 2 be worse than the first one? Uh, because, it, <laughs> because, well, the first one is, you know, if you don't like, like, grindy, you know, technical RPGs, you're not going to enjoy it. You're just not. But, but I like, they I went way too actiony with, RPG yeah. too. Huh? They went way too actiony with 2, wasn't with that two, Yeah, no, 2, yeah. Was, yeah, and it was just kind of vapid and soulless on yeah. top of that. Uh, it was very un-Bioware. But yeah, the, the actiony thing. That's might what have, I felt about the first Dragon Age. Oh, you felt it was vapid? I felt like it was unbioware. I felt like that was so inferior to Mass Effect in like every way. It Hmm. was like two like totally different teams in two different universes of Edmonton. That's interesting. We're working on this. No, I I thought I thought there was a lot of heart to it, and that that it was it is very different than Mass Effect. I agree, but but uh, sorry, Um, I'm just talking now. No, it's just quality wise. I felt like that game was lacking, but a lot of people said you know it can't. I played the PS3 version, which is the worst version, and that game was made for PC. Yeah, Mm. it's true. Which There's is that. where I don't play games. The trailer looks cool for Inquisition. I want. I mean, I want to play it, but it's the same thing. I started each one of the other ones and just was like, no, no, no okay. I'm doing this. Um, and there's a 13th story about an RPG on PS1 that's coming out. Would you like to talk about it? Yeah, because this is really, you know, we've taken almost an hour <laughs> yeah. to get here, but this is really the only news that matters today. Uh, it, it, so the ESRB rated Suikoden 2 today. Uh, and uh, announced that. Why does that matter? What is Suikoden 2? If you're scratching your head here, Suikoden 2 was a PlayStation RPG released by Konami in 1998, who brilliantly decided to market this game at the same time Final Fantasy VIII was coming out. Um, so no one noticed it, and it was destroyed here in America. It has a little more of a following in Japan. Suikoden 2 is sublime. It is superb. It is, in my humble opinion... Uh, the only RPG from Japan better than Chrono Trigger. Um, Damn. And, yeah. and why is that important? You know, I can say better. Well, okay, let me give you a few reasons here. First, <laughs> it's Game of Thrones, the RPG, uh, done right. It is a localized conflict. It is not about saving the world. It is You start out what you th- with what you think is going to be a plucky band of teens, and then it turns itself on its head very quickly. And instead of, uh, instead of following all the tropes, you're in a morally ambiguous, localized conflict between kingdoms. Friends are constantly betraying each other. People are being murdered. Unexpected twists and turns are happening. You fight the big bad in the middle of the game. Um, there are almost no characters who are completely good or are completely evil. Mm. You're always trying to figure out what's going on, where your footing's going to be next. There's twists and turns. You spend as much time building a, a kingdom and a, and a group of people as you do fighting, and it's not boring. They find a way to make that work. It is beautiful pixel art. It, it was done in an uh, SNES style, which was a huge turnoff to people then. And now when you look at old RPGs from the period that were 3D yeah, compared to yeah. seven. Yeah, and then you look at this and you're like, <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. They did not waste a pixel. The colors are gorgeous. The soundtrack is as good as Chrono Trigger's and that's saying a lot. And I love Chrono Trigger. I, I, I thought Chrono Trigger was the greatest RPG out there and then I played Sweeken 2 after spending like $150 for it. 
And oh, wow. You, so you didn't get it when I, it came I walked out. out. No, I walked out, heard about this game years ago, went out and found a copy and bought it, and I did not waste a cent. Oh, it's it's really meaty. Rare. It's long, but it's never boarding. The combat system is really quick, but still has strategic and, and tactical nuance to it. Uh, oh, I can just go on and on. This is a must-buy. This is the best video game that you've never been able to play before. That is just true. At this point, where we talk about Lost Classics, in the queue of Lost Classics that have not been re-released, this is the the top one now. Um, Buy this game. It's so, so, so good. All we know is it's been rated, right? Do we know what platforms or anything like that? Uh, Well, it's rated for PS3, so it's it's just a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I agree with what you're saying. Uh, First of all, this series resonated with me only a little bit in the 90s. I always called it Suicoden. And didn't know the proper pronunciation of it until I worked here. Um, Same thing with Ninja Game. That's okay. It's a Japanese corruption of a Chinese word. So they're not pronouncing it right Um, either. But yeah, two (laughs) specifically in the Suikoden or Sukaden franchise is well known uh, for being the best by a lot of people and also by far the rarest. Um, They didn't publish a lot of them. Um, So if you have one, um, then you're very lucky because Mm -hmm. there's not many of them at all and they are very expensive and I feel bad for that market now because that market is going to be undercut very quickly because there's a digital version of it available now. I, I love when people collect things but I'm always going to come out on the side of, of people having access. So this is a game people need to play. Yeah. And I, Hooray, hooray for populism on this one. Bring da- bring down the collectors on this. I, I, I feel your you pain. You sold me but, on it, Jared. Yeah. I'll play it now. It's fun. Just because of you and your yeah. passion speech. Yeah, it is yeah. It is a special game. Gosh, you start out, you know, just you're little teenagers in a burning village. And you're I like, never, oh, I this never. is going to stink. This is, and then it just it just takes a left turn and never stops. Great, it's great. I never beat it when I was a kid. Oh, it's so good. Uh, that's it for news. Well, do we know when Sweet and is coming out? Uh, no, because it hasn't even officially been announced. For all we know, you know, this is all conjecture based on the rating. But when these games get rated, they almost always come out. And Sweet and One is already available on PSN. Has been for years. So you know, we'll we'll know soon. That was a long answer to say no, but I'd love to know what games came out this week, so I'm going to go to the official, or no, I'm sorry, the Andrew Goldfarb Memorial official list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. It's a decent week. Not great. Not bad. Uh, the PlayStation 4 game we've all been waiting for finally came Octodad. out. I don't motherfucking day! So let's start there. Yeah, PS4, Cell Damage HD is available digitally, and Octodad, Dadliest Catch, is available just digitally. a normal yeah. just a game about being a normal dude getting dressed yeah. for work that go- game made me laugh from my gut when I was when I saw the trailer <laughs> I want to I want to I want to stream it on Twitch and I just, I don't I just want you to sit next to me while I would do it because I, I had heard of the game but never saw it until I saw the trailer yeah. like six months ago and I was watching with Greg and yeah. I like, started hysterically laughing like I was it was, like, it, you had some belly laughs yeah you were really into that's it. Just like, it's so pun. it's so fucking stupid I love it. <laughs> On PS3, Cell Damage HD is available digitally. Defense Technica is available digitally. And Soul Calibur Lost Swords, which is free to play, Mm. is available Mm. digitally. On Vita, Cell Damage HD is available. And by the way, Cell Damage is cross-buy between the three platforms. (laughs) Demon Gaze is available at retail and digitally. I've been playing it for a couple of months, but only here and there. It's uh, A lot of people asking about it today. It's Yeah, it's very old. Mm. Like, Like, it's pretty. It's the, you know... It's going to offend some people because the women are very sandily clad in it, but it's very like first-person RPG going through the you know like Shadowgate or something yeah. like going through the the hallways and stuff. It's very like. I but don't is it know, old like like Emperor Palpatine or is it old like Betty White? Old like probably somewhere in between. Oh, okay. I think that some people are really going to look for a game like this, but this is probably not the game that a lot of people think it's going to be. Right. This isn't um, the game you're looking for. No, but but it might be. It might be. 
Um, our friends at NIS brought that out here. Uh, Starlight Inception is available digitally, which I'm very excited to play. And The Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 1. Apparently, Episode 1 and 2 will be available, but PlayStation hmm. Blog only has Episode 1 available. That will be sure. available digitally on Vita. And you can buy the Season Pass for $20. So you can guarantee that all of them will come out. Cool. Finally. Yeah, they announced it. They were supposed to come out day and date. Yep. Announced um, it in the summer. Yep. Said they were coming. You can play them all day and date. Not... Not so much. Maybe from here, though, they'll will be available day and day. That's the hope, I do believe. Final question of the week comes from Nathan. He writes into Podcast Beyond, by, like you can, by going to beyond at IGN.com and says, I picked up my PS4 a month ago. Picked up my PS4 a month ago. And one of the... <laughs> just over the crumbling papers. <laughs> picked up my PS4 a month ago. And one of the best new features, in my opinion, is the DualShock 4. Mm. The new controller is much more comfortable. The triggers are finely concave. The touchpad is great for interfacing with maps. And I love the light bar. I play in a dark room and seeing my surroundings flash red when I'm low on health feels immersive and really grabs my attention. But you guys, along with the PlayStation community, all seem to hate it and have convinced Sony to add the ability to turn the light bar off in an upcoming update. And then he puts in parentheses, and you're even giving away stickers to cover it. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one who likes the light bar. So my question is this. Why do you hate the light bar so much? Do you think it has potential? How could it be implemented better? I would love to hear your opinions, Nathan. I don't hate the light bar. I do think it's too bright. I do think there should be an option to turn it off. I do think the podcast beyond stickers that cover it up from toasty stickers are cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it also is draining the battery of DualShock 4. 100% uh, true. It, faster than they're already drained. And the DualShock 4 just doesn't have great battery life. It's okay. Um, here's the thing, my friend. Nathan. <laughs> my friend Nathan. Nathan Hale? No, sadly not. Oh. He's dead. Yeah. He uh, had about one life to give for his PlayStation. Well, I was talking about Nathan Hale from Resistance. Oh. Oh. Not Wrong. from American, American Revolution. Okay. But I like him better. <laughs> um, that's, that's, a bold, that's a bold thing from you. Resistance in American history. Those are your two know, favorite things. That's that a is, that is clash of the things. Titans, though. Chimera versus George Washington. Uh, so <laughs> the light bar on the DualShock 4 goes back to what we were talking about before, about the aspirations of Sony to include PlayStation camera with every PS4 sold. Right. And they could just remove the camera from the box and say we're not doing that anymore. But they cannot remove the light from the controller. There's just not no way they can do that. They're being manufactured. They're done. It's done. Um, and since the PlayStation camera is light, or the PlayStation camera and the light on the DualShock Four is much like a PlayStation Move, they interact with each other. You're basically seeing a legacy of Sony's change between the announcement of the console and the release of the console. Right. This um, is the appendix it, of of this controller. It's exactly right. It's just there's nothing I can do about it, and <laughs> and like probably even making it turn off the light uh, with firmware is going to be really hard to do. I'm not totally convinced they're going to be able to do that. To be honest with you, like I don't know how do you like how you make the firmware tell the controller to shut off something that's just on all the time. Like, I, I don't think know. it's that tough because you figure it's already telling it to change, you know, what light it's showing. Like, it knows to communicate. There should be one. I mean, it, you and there's pulsating, right, when you're hurt sometimes. Right, so if but you're the light like, is always being used, I guess I'm saying. It's always on. Like, it's just – I don't know if, like, they were, like, they had the foresight to be, like, should we have the ability to turn this off? Mm-hmm. Or is it just on? You know, it's it, it just like you can't probably turn the X button off on sure. the controller. You know what I mean? Like – that could be an engineering conundrum. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I assume that if it was e- as easy as we thought it was, they would have done it already. Um, True. You know, so... But Shu knows he's got this list of things to get through. Yeah, for, I want them to change the PlayStation Network name thing first. Shu, it's about time. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's actually kind of interesting because it's, show, it's, like a, it's, a, it's a little relic from 
a time when they thought the camera would be included. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this isn't a question so much as a statement. You just brought up the fact that you'd love to change your name. Another Greg wrote into beyond.ign.com and said, For years you have almost weekly warned the Beyond Nation of the dangers of not carefully thinking out their choice for a PSN alias. But I don't recall you ever giving further advice on what makes a good alias. So here's a tip for the Beyond Nation. Combine an adjective and a noun for a unique combination of words that typically do not go together. My alias, Funky Table, is available on any website I choose to go with, with the exception of that one darn X-Bot, Funky Table, from the UK. Hmm. So he's, I hope that helps Beyond. Beyond. Not a bad one, Greg. It's a good way to get around it, right? I see good names all the time. Like I, Coming up on the internet, my, my alias was Quick Man, hmm. which was a Mega Man yeah. reference. So I didn't make that up, you know? And then I just started being called C. Moriarty because I was writing on GameFAQs and I wanted to use my real name. So I never had to think of a clever handle. And sometimes I see people's handles that they've been using for They're a really long good. time. Yeah, They're yeah. fucking good, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, they get them on PlayStation Network and they get them on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. You know, I I would love... Uh, part of the reason I want to change my name so badly, I really don't... I like my name on, on PSM, but I want to just f- see what I come up with. Yeah. You know, like... like I don't want any numbers or dashes or any anything like that. I just want yeah. a name. Right. And with... God knows how many fucking PlayStation Network names there are, you know, like, mm-hmm. taken already. Yeah, yeah, Can't be Bongbro420. That's always our, our go-to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our go-to fake name. Nip Slip 420 Nip sli- yeah, yeah. Although there is a, you know, God God help him. He's a, he's a, he's a good dude, but the, my still my favorite friend on my name is from the live, the Haiti live stream we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long Dong Silver. Long Dong Silver. Uh, yeah. He's the one who sent photos that, of his wasn't girlfriend. Wasn't that the name Clarence Thomas was supposed to have used with Anita Hill during the... Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm pretty awesome. sure. Awesome. I, I believe that came up in the trial when Clarence... Or not the trial, but the hearings, that that was the name Clarence Thomas used with Anita Hill. Was, really? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for Podcast Beyond, episode 339. Uh, remember, the MP3 goes up every Tuesday, the video every Wednesday, and you need to go to IGN.com to make sure the mics stay on. Read the articles, watch the videos, download our PlayStation 4 app where you can watch every episode of Podcast Beyond that we've uploaded in full video forum. Keep up with our antics on Twitter. IGN is IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. The Reverend Jared Petty is Petty, comma, Jared. Spell it out. It works. It's also on the screen if you're watching the video, which makes it really easy. Cool. Cool. Thanks for joining us, Jared. Thank you for having me. I love being here. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, every podcast ends in a song, in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap-Up. Today's comes from Nick. He says, hello, Greg, Colin, and the ever-rotating third chair. Hello to whoever is sitting in it as well. Oh, well, hello to you as so you well. Say the chair and the person. Like yeah, that. well, the chair does not rotate. I it Just the out. people who go into it rotate. Yeah, I, I'm, maybe I'm going to get us a rotating chair for oh, okay. this spot. I'm submitting a track for Ryan's wrap-up. I'm a freelance composer slash sound designer from Canada, and I wanted to see if I could write some music in the style of Mass Effect 3's soundtrack. It was written to fit the scene from Mass Effect 3, where Shepard is chasing Dr. Eva. I have a video where I placed the game footage, and I also went as far as to replace all the audio elements in the clip with my own sound design. If anyone's interested in checking that out, along with any of my other pieces, they can be found at njacksound.com. That's N-J-A-K, like Jack and Daxter, sound.com. Along with links to my soundboard, YouTube, and Twitter account. Nick, this is a very good track. It could easily fit in the Mass Effect 3 universe. Thank you so much for sending it. Thank you for listening. Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.
Jared, you give me some levels. Hey, here's some levels from Jared. Hi. Greetings. Hey, this is Greg Miller talking to everybody. Hey, it's Greg Miller. Hey, this is Jared New York Colin. I like New York and I like bagels. Nah. Fuck Jimmy John. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.